part two of conference usa if you haven't heard part one of alex's breakdown i highly suggest that you go tune into that that's our very first ever podcast if you haven't listened to that what kind of fan are you anyway um yeah yeah, we're back we're back we're back we're back uh part two of conference usa if you don't know alex and i you know we're going through a preview of all the college football teams and all of the conferences and fbs and, you know, we're going to be taking turns, you know, digesting and going through these conferences. And, you know, we're starting off first with Alex with Conference USA. He's already broken down the East. And again, I said this in a previous podcast. If you don't feel like listening to our beautiful voices or you just, you know, would rather read, we have a preview, you know, article version, written version on our website, which will also be in the description. Yeah, sure. So go check us out there. Um, and, yeah, let's, you know, dig into the St. Alex Conference ah. USA West. Let's talk about it. Who do you got I, in the standings? I think this may be one of the best mid-major divisions. Ooh. Ooh. Mid-major. Okay. I mean, I don't know. That's Mr. a bold Sun, statement. Mr. Sun, Mr. Sunbelt of Mistle Coastal Carolina. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not the best. I mean, wait, actually, it, is, uh, is Appalachian State – and Coastal Carolina in the same division. If they okay, they are. Wait, no, there's, they are not. It's only one division. All right, so yes, I I stand on my point. So I guess technically, if we're saying division, yes, you might yes. you might be right. Uh, you might be right. You might be right. But anyway, this one is I don't know. This is a tough one to call. Extremely I mean, tough. And I think you and I were talking about this. Like, it could go many different ways. Like. The, the top, actually, I mean, all the teams in this like division, they could give the other teams in respective rankings a run for their money. Like yes. If we had a matchup, I, I, I think North Texas beats FIU. I think Southern Miss will give Middle Tennessee State a run for their money. Same with Louisiana Tech and Marshall. That's a coin flip game. That's like a pick em. I mean, Rice, Rice should beat Charlotte. UTEP, I think, will definitely beat Old Dominion. I mean, it's a really good division, and I'm and I'm surprised about this. I didn't realize this. I remembered it from last year's being kind of trash, but I guess they got in, in returning guys coming in. And we finally met 
Bama 2.0 and UAB, man. I didn't mm-hmm. realize they went to the conference title games four years straight. Yeah, and they kept saying that, that they wanted Bama. But, yeah, just in terms of, you know, comparing the West to the East, it's not even close. This West side yeah. of this, you know, conference yeah. is clearly more talented, more experienced, and, you know, they just got more going on. And historically speaking, these teams have always been, you know, decent. So, you know, is it's no surprise there that that they're better. And you know, t- you know, speaking on UAB, we 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 talked about this. You know, they're a team that you know went from worst to best. They went from not even yeah. having a football program to bouncing back. I know. And Let's being, not even talk about worst to best. Just not a football program. Not a football program at all. And you know, they even though it was only like suspended for a short amount of time, and they brought it back immediately. You know, they had to bring in a lot of different guys from everywhere, a lot of transfers from everywhere. They, you know, gave a lot of guys scholarships, you know, coming out of high school or like whatever, who might not have been the most talented guys, but just wanted an opportunity to play. And for them to come from a a situation like that and to be as good as they are now, that's just a feat in itself. So, you know, hats off to those guys. But yeah, let's, you know, now that you, wait, no, you didn't even give us the break. Not not even yet. Not even yet. So come on, let's see. Come on, Alex. Come on. I I think, the top team in the West is UAB. I really want to pull for UTSA because their running back is a stud. He's going to be a draft pick. There's no as long as he doesn't get injured. He was a second team All American last year. Right. All American. That means he beat out guys from Big Ten, Pac-12, Big Twelve, SEC. So he's a stud, and that goes a long way in college football. Having a guy who like that who can carry the rock and lead the team. So. I really want to go 1A, 1B, and I was really close at doing that. But I just think UAB is, they have the history, they have the pedigree, they've been there before. And I think that's one of the differentiating factors that will put them above. And I think top to bottom, they are the most comprehensive team. But UTSA is no slow. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I'm not going to be surprised if UTSA wins their division. By any means, I'm not going to be surprised. Right now, we start going down Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss. I know you like Louisiana Tech. I know you have a little sweet spot for them. Well, I take my guys, and you know, speaking of law tech, they had a guy get drafted to you know my favorite team, the Panthers, not that long ago, Vernon Butler. So, you know, law tech, they got a little special place in my heart for sure. They always have a guy draft. Like, did they have a DB drafted by the Niners last year? They always seem to have someone come in and. They they had the guy Jeff Driscoll, remember? He oh yeah, went to Florida. Yeah, he, he was there for a little there. bit. He transferred there. Yeah, he he played a couple games for the Bengals, so they got talent. And their coach is really good. Old Skip Holtz, <laughs> he's a pretty good coach. Um, and they always seem to outperform. So I don't know. Like I wouldn't be surprised if these guys finish second. You know, but right. just just for the sake of the rankings, I have them third, just because I think UTSA has a little bit more talent. It's also very close, though. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Right. And then you always seem to point out Southern Miss for some reason. Why, I don't know. But I mean, why they're a team that went from FCS to FBS, you know what I'm saying? So that's a team that also holds a nice place in my heart, Southern Miss. So. And they've been solid for a while, though. Yeah, like they've they... been Yeah, they've been up there for a while, but they still made that jump. So I think, I think that's pretty cool. They, they seem to always make a bowl, too, like Louisiana Tech. You know, and, and and this is already going down. So the fourth team that we had in the, the East, the Middle Tennessee State, they're not consistent getting to a bowl. And look at this in the West. 
who have Southern Miss. They're pretty consistent at that. And again, I think this is where we start to see a little bit of a talent drop. You know, I, I, I do think that Southern Miss is very good, and I wouldn't be surprised if they will compete for third. But I think Louisiana Tech is a little bit more, you know, and, and I do think Southern Miss makes a poll, but I'm much I'm much more positive about Louisiana Tech making it, you know. Um, right. But it's close. And, and I think the difference also comes down to quarterback spot. I don't know if Southern Miss – again, we'll get into this. I'm not so sure if he's going to be able to lead the team. And I think that's the bottom line. It's going to be close. I wouldn't be surprised if they finished 3A, 3B. Um, but now we have, we're starting to drop a little bit. We have North Texas. And I low-key love this team because all they do is throw the ball. Like, <laughs> that's all they do. They had a guy drafted last year who's an All-American. Right. Fed wide receiver. So I wouldn't be surprised if these guys – again, we're talking about good offense. And I feel like the Conference USA is completely loaded with them. I, I think these guys have the best wide receiver group tied with uh, Western Kentucky in the whole conference. So this team is going to go as far as their offense, but I don't think their defense is very good. I don't think they have a lot of experience. So that's why I, I, I personally put them. Um, below, below Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss, I think this is where we start drawing the lines between the bottom of the conference. But they're a very good team, and I, I still think they're better than FIU, who's the other team in their respective spot. Right. And now we go to Rice. Rice, they've had their struggles, man. Like, did you look at this record? They're three and nine, one and eleven, two and eleven, three of nine, two and three. Like, they haven't been a bowl game since 2014. So. I don't know if I have much hope for them. I think the only reason they're interesting is they got Luke McCaffrey as their little quarterback. Christian, little what? Yeah, little brother. Little brother. He was pretty good at Nebraska, and I don't. Like, how did he? How did Rice get this guy? Like I don't know. Like Rice is not a football hotbed. I think there's some money here. I think. Some of the the business school, the NBA people are like, hey, yeah, we'll give you some money if you bring him in. Yeah, they they got some money being thrown up under the table over there. Good old Houston, all these schools, Texas. Yo, all these transfers, they throwing money, they throwing it. I know, but I face, I don't. I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Rice finishes last. But I think McCaffrey is the is a very good quarterback, and I think he'll be able to lead them a little bit. He has he has good pedigree, and he came from Nebraska. And then we have UTEP. I don't know why, but UTEP has a little soft spot in my heart, man. I don't mm. know why. I think they're very underrated. They've been bad. Bro, l- l- look at their records the last three years. 0 for 12. 1 for 11. 1 for 11. And then last year, they were 3 for 5. And they're starting to get better. But then the COVID kind of wrecked that team a little bit. I think this is the best team they've had in four years by right. far on either side. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish atop a of Rice just because, as a whole, they're better. But I don't know how much that quarterback play is going to factor into Rice. So I, I think I'm going to have them at um, 6A, 6B. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know if there's that much of a difference. Um, I, I think I personally think UTEP can finish above Rice, but Rice has – a better quarterback, you know, and and better, a little bit better talent on defense by like a smidgen. So the other thing is Rice has a um, their defensive coordinator is a DB coach at Michigan. So I think that's another factor. 
But again, it's close, and I have them at 6A, 6B. I wouldn't be surprised if either one finishes last, but they're much better than the team that's in last place in the East, Old Dominion. Old Dominion. So (laughs) they're not going to be the worst team in the conference. That's for sure. But again, I wouldn't be surprised. But what do you think of these rankings, FaZe? I mean, honestly, I I agree with you whole you know all the way through. I I do believe that with you know the talent that's on this side of the conference and how close it is with some of these teams, it's definitely going to get shaken up a little bit. You know, I feel, I feel Ian, you said this before. I feel like La Tech, and also Southern Miss, it could easily be you know a shuffle for that second spot with. Oh really? Um, yeah. yeah, UTSA, um, especially with like La Tech. I, I I definitely feel like they're a team that could easily finish second in this division. So, um, but yeah, Alex, you know, you kind of gave us a, you know, a ranking of where they're going to finish within the division. Now let's get into, you know, why that is. So let's start with UAB, the top dogs, and the Bama of the Conference USA, yeah, 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 you they've... said. <laughs> and yeah, they're obviously located in battle, but that's not why we said that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the other thing is, I don't, as a non-biased way, on. Do you think they're the most talented team in the whole conference? In a non-biased way, I'd have to say no. But I think that their team, that's just like, you don't have to have the most talent to be the best team. Yeah. You just have to, you know, know how to win games. You have to have a good coaching staff. Yep. You have to have players that understand their roles. They have and the pedigree. Jobs. Yeah, and I think that, you know, with that, you know, them winning so much and that being in their system, you know, their team that goes out there and expect to win all these games. And whenever you have that type of expectation for yourself, it goes a long way. I mean, if I had to say what team I, you know, I think is more talented, you know, within this conference, I'd have to go back to, you know, your episode talking about, you know, the East side of this conference. And I have to go to West Kentucky because that's a team that they have so many transfers coming. Yeah. So many transfers coming in. It's kind of hard to not put them as the most talented but talent can only take you so far. There's so many different other factors, you know, and not just football, but any other sport that you have to take into account when it comes to actually going out there and winning games and not just a game or a few games, but, you know, to be the top dog. So That's interesting. Yeah, no, and I agree. And, I mean, this is the other thing. Like, I, I love having clear-cut answers, but I, I think UAB finishes above UTSA, but I wouldn't be surprised and I think this speaks to the depth. Like, it's very clear-cut with the top two are in the East. Right. But, like, I don't know. Like you said, Louisiana Tech, they could finish second. So could UTSA. And that's where we currently have them as second and third, respectively. But I wouldn't be surprised if it flips. The thing that I like about UAB is that they are experienced. They're experienced and they have talent. And they have a new stadium. So don't discount that uh, hype oh, factor, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. And... The interesting thing is your QB room is very deep. All three have starting experience. Neither one's a star, but like you said, you don't need to be a star. They're all on their job. They I lost mean, their – You say that this is the Bama of the Conference USA. Bama, they always oh, – excuse me. They always have guys that are, like, good enough at the quarterback position that can get their guys a ball, that can, you know, that are smart, and that can hand the ball off. Essentially, just pretty much hand the ball off. So, you know, as long as everything is hitting all cylinders, you don't need a superstar stud at quarterback. You just need a guy that can go out there yeah. and not, you know, mess up, win you games, you know? Yeah. So. The interesting thing, though, is their they're running back. They lost their all-time career uh, school yard and leading rusher. He got drafted last year. 
Mm-hmm. So that that's going to be an interesting question mark. Who's going to replace that? Right. right? Um, but again, they add a Mississippi State transfer, and they they have guys with talent, but. I'm rating their running back unit a little bit lower just because they don't have a lot of experience, so it's more of a question mark. They should be fine, especially behind their O-line, which this is impressive, man. All five starters are back. Two of them are preseason All-Americans in the CUSA, and seven linemen have started an experience. Oh, wow. I mean, hey, it all starts up front, and if you got that, you can only go up. <laughs> I know, and, and that's going to protect the quarterback. That's going to make lines open and lanes open for the running back and the other thing is their wide receiver group is interesting they lose their top two but they add one of the top juco transfers and i know you like juco's because they're experienced it's not like a freshman coming in right at a top juco and a penn state guy yeah and you know talking about juco you know those juco guys you know those are guys who really have to get it out of the nitty-gritty like they're playing like there's so many you know kids coming out of high school who may have the talent but for whatever reason, you know, might have gotten in trouble or don't have the grades and have to go the JUCO route. And these JUCO guys are honestly playing against top talent. And, you yeah. know, and playing at a JUCO isn't easy because everybody's competing. Everybody really, they you want know, at a four-year – yeah, at a four-year college, like, you got time to play. But at JUCO, you got two years and you're trying to get to where you're going and you want to go as early as possible. So there's a stress factor. So, you know, you're going through all these different things. You don't have the best, like, facilities because these JUCOs are – you know, their community college, like, they don't have much money to go into athletics, you know, at all, you know, and if yeah. so, just a, just a little bit. So it's not like they have the best facilities. So it's yeah. just, like, guys that come from there really, you know, they have a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. And, and more times than not, they turn out to be a good addition to some of these yeah. teams if their head is on straight and they, you know, learn from their previous mistakes. And, and that's where a good coaching staff will kind of steer that too, you know. And that's, right. the, that's an underrated part of coaching making sure these guys don't get in trouble and they yeah. they focus on right. academics and, and staying sports. eligible. No wonder some of these guys don't have hair. <laughs> but th- this Juco guy, he's he's a wide receiver, 6'4", 220. Big Fajila. So he's a Calvin Benjamin kind of type. Right. The other thing is their defense is loaded. They have the top defensive unit in the league. Their D-line is has all three starters back. And they add an LSU transfer. Their linebacker group adds in a West Virginia transfer. And they have a guy NFL potential who's projected to be a late-round draft pick. And then look at their DBs. They have three starters back. And, yes, they do lose a first-team CB. Um, but they get another guy who came back from injury who's a stud previously. So I think this is a top 25 defensive backfield in all of FBS football. Right. Just based on experience and talent. Like, I don't know. Like, this will be interesting to see UAB go against Western Kentucky. But, no, they don't play each other, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. They play FAU. So I would that love will be to have seen that Western Kentucky team play this team. I know. But, hey, they may do it in the title game. Maybe. So, but I would love to see – I, I think UAB can beat FAU. If I'm yeah. – if I'm, push comes to shove just because it's a DB group. But again, this is the most talented team, one of the most talented teams in the league. They're very experienced. They got the pedigree. So while it's tight, and I wouldn't be surprised if they don't finish first at the same time, I will be surprised because I do think this is the best team in the in the league. Right. For sure. Right. UTSA, no though. You were talking about them the other day. 
I was saying mm-hmm. that they could be popping up, and I was like, wait, UTSA, why? And then I looked, and I'm like, they got talent. They, they do. actually have talent. Like, they have four quarterbacks starting experience. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at this as far as like, well, all of them had significant injuries. So you just got to hope they're healthy. Right. The running back is – you could put him in the group for one of the top in the country. I mean, he's a second-team All-American. And that's a feat from a Conference USA guy who's beating a, Pac-12, Big yeah. 10, Big 12, you know, SEC, all those guys. That's impressive. So he's going to get drafted. Um, and their backups have started, too. So this is the number one running back unit in the league. And I think, especially in college football, having a running back who can burn the clock, knows how to get the first downs, you know, can get chunk yards, that's key. That is key. Especially, especially in, in those football. close games. Yeah. Yeah. And their O-line, they have nine with starting experience, bro. Nine linemen have starting experience. That's impressive. Jeez, this might be the most experienced team we've covered so far. On offense, that is. Yeah, on, on offense, at least. But you know what's crazy? They're running back as a sophomore. Really? So he's all American as a freshman. He's not, he's not even eligible to like be drafted yet then because he has to I, go one more year. I think he's a red shirt. I think. Oh, he's a red shirt. Oh, okay. I think so. Oh, he yeah, might yeah. be out of there then. <laughs> I know, I know. And then if you look at this, their defense is actually pretty, pretty decent too. Like if you look at this, their D-line have all three starters back. They're all honorable mention. They have a deep linebacker group that has the first team all CUSA. And their DBs is the only question in the team, I think, due to an experience. But the, no, I'm sorry, due to talent. But they have eight with starting experience. And as you said, experience can be more than talent. Right. Yeah, eight, for sure. Eight's, eight's impressive. <laughs> for sure, bro. <laughs> so what do you think about this UTSA team? It looks like they have a lot of experience. They have a lot of talent. But do you think they're going to challenge UAB? Or are they just close but not yet? Uh, I mean, they do just, play each other. They yeah, they do play each other. Definitely play each other for that spot to go to the to the conference championship. And I think that you know UAB just they're just so well rounded and they have so much. For me, UTSA, I honestly think that they can give them a run for their money. But having three quarterbacks, you know, that, that are all coming back from you know significant injuries. It's all dependent on that room. If if one of those guys could emerge and be, and it's, I'm sure it's going to be great competition. You got four guys who yeah. all have starting experience. They're all going to want to play, so it's going to be great competition. And whoever gets the nod, if that guy could, you know, emerge and, and actually, you know, figure out how to win games, I think that this team could honestly give UAB a run for his money. Um, yeah, we're, we're just going to have to see. And also, it'd be nice to take pressure off the running back too. Exactly. Yeah, because, you know, it, it gets to a certain point where teams, especially whenever he's listed as a, you know, preseason All-American, teams are going to be like, OK, we know what we got to do to stop this team is stop the run. They're going to stack yeah. the box and they're going to force those quarterbacks to be great and to make tough, you know, plays. And if those quarterbacks can't make those those tough passes and get them get, get the passes in the right, you know, spots for the wideouts, I mean, they're going to struggle. So that's why I say it, yeah. it really just depends that on that sense. room. The other thing is their wide receiver group, they lose some talent. They're, they're towards the bottom of the league. So it's all about how those guys gel. And hopefully they do because I would love to see that as a competitive game. And that's – the UTSA also plays Western Kentucky. Oh, wow. So that's going to be a, October 9th. That's going to be a good one too. I know. 
But the interesting thing is, if they lose, that's not going to count for the conference because it's a separate division. Right. So even if they, the only thing that may affect is if it's a tiebreaker. But yeah, I mean, again, I agree. I think UAB got it. But your boys, Louisiana Tech. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they finish second. I wouldn't be surprised just based on how deep they are as a team. And they also have what, what you like to that pedigree also. They always make a bowl, it seems like. Exactly. Fact, they've made a bowl the last six seasons. And you know, whenever you're you're you know, you have a team where and they're just constantly winning, they're you know, a standard is created. And once there's a standard that's created, it's like, okay, we're not settling for anything less than this. Yeah. We have this goal, but we're not going lower than this. And once that's established and, like, and that winning culture is established within your program, you know, and you no longer as a coach, like, like of course you got to preach it, but then whenever, you know, the veteran players on the team is bought into it and they're preaching that to the younger guys and it's just a constant cycle, you know, it's easier to get to that point, and Law Tech is at that point to where they have that culture, and that's huge. The same with UAB now. They have that culture. They have that standard. So, yeah, like you said, just like I said before, I could see Law Tech easily being second. I mean, in terms of first beating UAB, I don't know, that's tough. Law Tech has a lot of depth, and and when it comes to football, especially, you know, coming off of a COVID season, COVID was still relevant you know, earlier in the year in terms of, you know, with the restrictions and stuff like that. So, you know, some of these teams might not be, yeah, I, agree. I mean, not teams, but some of these players might not be in that great of a shape. Injuries are bound to happen again this year. And yeah, death is going to exactly. play a huge factor. And LaTeX has a lot of it. And that might be something that carries them this season. So, you know, I mean, we just got to see how it plays out. And I think they're, they're, I think even though we have them in third, I think they're a legitimate contender, like you said. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised if they finished second, at the least. I, again, I think the big question mark that they have on the team comes in offense. That's yeah. the only question. Their quarterback play, they have a returning starter. He, he seems pretty accurate. He completed 62% of his passes, 1,500 yards for 16 touchdowns and five picks in 10 games. So it wasn't that bad. It looks like their offense had a little bit had some issues last year, but again, that could be COVID not having regular prep time and everything. So that'll be interesting. Their deep, their running back is the only unit in the team that has limited depth. They add an app state transfer, but again, it's not running very deep. So that's where an injury could be problematic, but their wide receiver is their top group on offense. They get three of their top five back. And they add a Tennessee transfer. And he's ranked actually pretty – he was a top 60 wide receiver recruit. So he's decent. And they add a UMass transfer. But before you laugh, he was impressive in scout team, apparently. <laughs> and he, he, he was impressive. That's what he said. He's impressive. And he's a 6'2 junior. So, hey, you know. I mean, he's coming from UMass. So, you know, regardless of where he was impressive – there's some talent there for him to be at UMass. So, but he was in pre- he was in scout team last year for Tech, so apparently he was impressive there. I don't. Maybe why don't you enlighten our viewers? What is scout team face? Scout team. So, you know, you have your starters and you have your second group, and then you have the guys who you may not see in the game at all for anything. Um, and those guys typically, 
you know, give the starters a look of the, you know, the upcoming opposing team system. So, you know, you watch film, you see what the other team does. So the scout team provides a look. So let's say, you know, I'm on offense and we're playing a team that runs a three, four front where the freshmen and the, the guys that are lower on the depth chart on defense come over and they provide that three, four look. They, they give us looks of the most frequently run plays by the opposing team. And yeah, that's what, I mean, you know, scout team isn't the most, you know, appealing thing to do. It's not the most popular thing to do. But, you know, in terms of the success of the team, is it's, it's extremely important, you know, to get good looks and to see, you know, to physically see and then run plays through for the players and for the coaches to kind of see what works and what mm-hmm. doesn't versus the team favorite plays. So, you know, it's an extremely important job. So, I mean, I laugh, but, I, you know, at the guy being – you know, that being his note, it was funny, but, you know, it's an important role. So it's, and it's no joking matter. So if you're a guy, a young guy listening to this podcast, you're on a scout team. I know it sucks. I know you don't want to do it. I know you want to be the guy, but just know that, you know, you're doing a, a, a great thing for your team and providing that look for them and helping them win games. And they probably have more the, the scouts look at them more favorably. I'm mean, not the scouts, the coaches, right? For if they want to get called up in a team, like are these guys typically scholarship or not? I mean, it, it varies. Um, you have some scholarship guys. You have some walk-ons, mostly walk-ons. Um, and, yeah, I mean, if a coach see a guy that's given a great look, the, you know, the coach do like that guy. And, you know, he it makes a coach, even, even if the guy's in the most talented, probably won't ever play, the coach would be more willing to give that guy a chance. Or if we're up a lot, even though that guy isn't higher on the depth chart and – you know, the two should go in that right. the coach might be more willing to put that guy in just to give him a look, you know, to let him get some experience to let him play. I mean, even not. And, you know, even if you're on a scout team, it's not the end of the world. Like in high school, I was on a scout team when I first started playing my junior year. I wasn't that good. I, knew, I didn't know anything about football. I only played one year of like rec, you know, city league football. And that was it. And, you know, my coach tried. I was six. Eight, he tried to throw me out there with the starters and I just wasn't good. And I told him, I was like, I want to play on a scout team. Uh, I want to, like, you know, play and not just stand around because he, I was just a tall guy that he would throw in there sometimes to see what would happen. So he started letting me play on a scout team, and I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I was able to, you know, not so much learn the game of football, but, you know, just practice catching the ball in traffic versus, the you know, the best defenders on our team. I was able to, you know, get more reps and, like, I wasn't getting many reps whenever I was, you know, running with the starting team because I, I wasn't that good. I wasn't playing right. that much. But I was able to play so much on the scout team and do so many things and get better that when I came back that next year, I was like one of the top players in the state in terms of my position um, just because I've just gained so much ex- like experience for that. So it's not something that should be taken lightly. It's not something that should be frowned on. If you're doing it, make the most of it. Like if you're on a scout team, you know, you whatever you say, whatever you do isn't going to take you off of it, you know, but make the most of the opportunity. Your coach is putting you in there. Get better from it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So here we go. First valuable lesson from Faison's corner. <laughs> like in a textbook, biology textbooks, you know, they have a little section that says, you know, like scholar article, that should be your section. Right? Yeah. Insight. Scout team. <laughs> I know. But then looking at this defense, man, the, the, the higher up you get in the levels, the better it gets. Like right. the D line, they lose it. A draft pick. Look at this. They have another guy drafted, but they have three returning stars and improved a lot from the second. Kind of banking, uh, second half improvements carrying over. 
They have a very experienced linebacking crew, and they add a very good transfer from McNeese, who's all conference in his FCS conference. Right. So he se- seems pretty good. And listen to this. Their entire defensive back unit returns, and they add a Tennessee transfer, and they add a Vandy transfer, and they return the first-team all-conference player who was injured last year. Right. So that DB group, I, I would put them right up there with UAB for the top two in, in the conference as a whole. I think the DBs are a legitimate team. And I think this is a very deep team, like you said, that could push for a title pending quarterback play. I think they have the pieces right now to be a top three team. Like we currently have them as third. But if mm-hmm. their quarterback can pick it up behind that O-line, behind a stable group of wide receivers, I wouldn't be surprised if it's between a UAB versus Louisiana Tech for the conference. I definitely wouldn't be surprised. No, same, same, I, I, same. I mean, I'm all for a lot of tech. That those guys are, hold, you know, small place in my heart. Definitely would like to see them like succeed and see what happens with that team. They have a lot of depth. They're really set yeah. up to, you know, do something this season. So let's see. But Southern Mississippi, I like mm-hmm. this team, and I'm looking at it, and I didn't realize they typically go to a bowl game. Yeah, I was like, just it, thinking that too. I, I looked and I was like, this team has been historically good, you know. It's, again, they had a rough year last year. Their their coach of like at least fifteen years got fired, so they needed a little. Oh, they have. I forgot to say, you know, Nick Mullins is Niners quarterback went to Southern Miss. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Well, he had his ups and downs, but he did get drafted. Yeah, I mean, even though he got drafted, like that's a feat. So I know. And the one thing in this team is, I'm sensing a theme with all these conference USA teams. If you have a lot of returning starters, it's typically in defense, which is interesting. Right. Like, their quarterback room is very talented. I'm looking at this right now. They have a guy who came in from Louisville, and they also add in another just freshman that they recruited who's top number 50 in the country, which seems pretty good for a, a Southern Miss team to get a top 50 quarterback recruit. So it looks like they have a lot of talent. They just need to figure it out. But each guy can throw it deep. And, yeah, so, I mean, they have a run-heavy system to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. So, I guess that it's a good, good way for the quarterbacks to ease in. But, yeah, Frank Gore Jr., daddy is still playing the NFL at 40 years old. Right. And he was, uh, I think, a first-team or second-team all-conference as a freshman. So, you know he's going to get better. And they have a Juco player who's over 200 pounds, like 220. So, he's going to be their red zone guy. So, it's a pretty deep running back group. Their wide receiver group is actually very interesting. Their coach says they have power five talent. Oh, wow. Power that's five what their talent? Coach, that's what their coach says. They return the top wide receiver who actually is looked at and, and draft rankings as like a seventh rounder right now. So that, that's interesting. He could be a guy for the quarterback to really lean on. And they also have four second-year Juco players. So – they're going to be experienced, and the same with the O-line. The O-line has a lot of size and experience. So it looks like their offense has pieces, but it's just a question, will everything gel together? Right. And I think – and it looks like the same in defense, right? Like, they have stars returning in D-line. They have three. They add in Virginia Tech and Memphis transfers, so they'll be improved. And, again, they apparently have a, a linebacker with NFL potential, and they return four guys who have starting experience. So that's a deep team. That's a deep unit. And then they also have three stars returning in defensive backfield. 
and they added two Ole Miss transfers. So this is a team that has a lot of talent and returning starters, and they should make a bowl. It looks like the question is really how will everything gel? But it looks like they're not as talented as these in tech, but they should be a very solid like six and six team. For sure, for sure. Um It should they should be a pretty solid six sixteen. Um and, and, and make a bowl, which is a which is a good improvement for a first year coach, you know. They don't yeah. typically have a lot of expectations. North yeah. Texas. What do you oh, think? Oh North about them? Texas. Oh my goodness. I, I've had so many experiences with North Texas on our team. Like we had a guy we have a lot of guys from Texas and they have friends from North Texas. And then I just remember they used to always play this one group called Young Nation, and those guys are like rappers from North Texas. And it was North Texas this, North Texas that, North Texas this. And I think one of our guys actually ended up transferring from Fordham to North Texas. Um, Oh, no way. Yeah, so. And then if you're looking at this, call me crazy, but I think they rival Western Kentucky and UTSA for one of the best offenses in the country. What do you think? You think so? I think so. Look at this. Their quarterback returns, and they add in a North Carolina and Kentucky transfer. And their quarterback was pretty good. He actually was really good last year in limited time. Then they have – they return both starters for running back. Like, they kind of split carries. And they add explosive guy at freshman with speed. They lose their All-American wide receiver, but they add a Georgia transfer – and they add one of the top Juco wide receivers. So it's like, even though they don't have a lot of returning talent, they have a lot of guys coming in to replace them. And with a good quarterback, I think their stats should be fine. See, see, Alex, now this season I'm going to have to keep my eye on North Texas offense. And if they don't rival these other teams, you're going to hear so much from me. <laughs> okay. I, honestly, I just don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, I – I see that they got guys coming in. I see that they they have that freshman, they have the transfers, but they're just I don't know, they just don't seem as talented as those other teams and they just don't have as much. I mean I agree. We'll see though. I agree. I'm gonna hold you by that, so But the, the thing Let's is hope they do. Historic <laughs> the, the other thing is historically they have had always a, a top offense historically. Like okay. they always churn out these and this is where Swaggy P is going to learn more about North Texas than he ever thought from around. <laughs> like, they, they had guys get drafted at, at wide receiver the last couple of years mm-hmm. um, and, and a quarterback. So they've always been talented. But, again, you, they're going against – they have a tough schedule this year. They're playing UTSA, Southern Miss, Missouri, Marshall, Louisiana Tech, UAB. Wow. They're playing all the heavy hitters. <laughs> that's a heavy conference, a heavy schedule for a team that's losing a lot of talent, but their coach, is, their coach has been successful. Like, they've had a lot of good results, and they always play teams tough, and he's an offensive-minded coach, so I, I'm not going to be surprised if this team is going to be top half in yards, but I think this is where we start seeing another talent gap between a Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech and this, guy, this, this team. And their defense, their defense is going to be leaky, to say the, to leave it nicely. They don't look, return a lot of talented guys, they return their whole unit on D-line, but they had a really, really bad year on D-line last year. Just going off numbers, they allowed 366 yards, 202, 292, 268, 444, 300, 
and 500. Those are their rushing yards allowed in seven games last year, bro. Oh, my God. They averaged 270 yards rushing to their opponents last year. That's Honestly, I've never seen anything like that before. That's absurd. But guess what? They weren't the worst in the country. Really? No. But that just shows they – I hope their D-line will be better. It's like FIU with their quarterback. They have nowhere to go but up. And yeah. they would t- turn their whole unit. So, logically, you think they would get better. But their linebackers, again, losing talent. Their DBs lose two starters. And I don't think the transfers coming in are just going to completely fill in the gaps. They may. But I think this is why this team is not going to be in the top half of the conference. Their defense is not very good and has a lot of question marks. Even though their offense is good, their offense, they're missing guys. They're missing some talent. So I can totally see a UAB shutting them down in offense. Yeah. Oh, so, for sure. Like, you know, if you're not as talented on offense and if – like normally with teams that aren't as talented on offense, they normally have a defense to kind of keep them in games, keep them there. But whenever your defense is lackluster as well, like you literally almost just have no chance. So, yeah, I don't expect much from this this, this team either. But if I want to be controversial, <laughs> I, I, which I love, I wouldn't be surprised if a team like UTEP goes above them. Why is that? You know, we'll, we'll get I know that. that you have Rice and then UTEP, but, you know, since you're saying that, let's – Let's let's skip over Rice and let's let's jump into Utah. Why do you think that? What does Utah have to make you feel like they're gonna they could jump North Texas in your in your predicted standings? Well, I have North Texas being the third worst team above Rice and Utah. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking that defense has so many holes, and like I'm thinking, yeah, everyone's optimistic, but they lost all American wide receivers. North Texas is not a football hotbed. They're not going right. to have a lot of guys who can just step up right away and replace it. UTEP has a very good quarterback who's a dual threat and has a very strong arm. They're running back. They have two very capable running backs who were starters at one point last year. Their wide receiver returned most of the unit and have a second team on CSUA wide receiver. It's a very underrated group in a conference with a quarterback with a strong arm. I like that. They return their whole O lineman and they have 101 career starts in the O lineman. That's Jeez. the highest we have seen so far. That's a Vedas yeah. squad. <laughs> yeah. Their D-line returns their whole unit, and it was their best unit last year on defense. The question is linebacker group and DB. That's the question. Right. I don't know if they're going to have enough talent to come in, but the thing is I project them to get a bowl. And if they get to a bowl, they're going to be around 6-6. Six and six. I think they're going to be 5-7, and seven, and they're going to need an upset with one of these teams. Maybe right. it's going to be Louisiana Tech coming off a bye or a UTSA or someone like that. But they're going to need an upset to make a bowl, and I wouldn't be surprised they do. And I think as a whole, they're more cohesive. I think they finally have a good team after four years of – after not winning a game in 2017, after winning two games in 2018 and 2019 combined. I think there's going to be energy around this program that they finally have talent. They finally have guys who can do it. And I think as a coach, wouldn't you be pumped – you have four years and not doing anything. All of a sudden, you have a great team compared. I don't know. I, I can see them not finishing last. I haven't finished last just because of huge question marks on the back end of the defense. But I, I think they're going to make a bowl, and I wouldn't be surprised if the order of North Texas, Rice, and UTEP completely gets flipped. I think these teams Same. are all very close, 
They're all, they're not, they don't suck like Old Dominion does, but they all have major question marks. So I, I just have North Texas up as third from worst now, but I wouldn't be surprised if UTEP comes up. But then that also brings up Rice, right? Rice has, as you said, McCaffrey, um, <laughs> they have, they don't have a, they don't have that good of a run, running back unit. They're inexperienced. They have solid depth at wide receiver. They have, I mean, their whole line comes back. They have 34 career starts. But they, nothing is screaming talent. Yes, it's like a March Madness team is a 16 seed. They're experienced, but they don't have the talent to rival, like, a Kentucky, right? Or yeah. a Michigan State or a Michigan. It's just at some point you need talent. And, yes, these guys are experienced, but I don't know if they have the talent yet. I'm not going to lie. Just just listening to you describe this team and just looking at this team, I'm surprised that you don't have the bottom three being – UTEP, North Texans, and then Rice. Because, I mean, I'm I'm just, like, listening to you. And then, you know, yeah, they got McCaffrey's older brother. And having a good quarterback is nice and all. But whenever you don't have as much surrounding him and everything is average, I mean, you can't really expect much from those guys. So it's just like, I don't know. I mean, he, yeah, a, a quarterback can easily elevate the team, elevate the, the offense, like, like the guys surrounding him. But, I mean, yeah, you're right. They don't really have much jumping off but on, on, on paper. You, you know what they have? A DB group that's gonna be good. They right. had a they had a finish of 30th in the country in 2013. They have a lot of guys returning, and their defensive coordinator, he just came in this year was a DB coach at Michigan. So you know he's gonna coach these guys up. I right. think the fact they actually have a good defensive backfield may save them from being the bottom, and that's kind of why I have them right above UTEP right now. But again. I wouldn't be surprised if it switches. I just think their DBs could be a difference factor. And right. I think also this team is going to be borderline for a bowl. They need to upset someone. And the question is, do I trust Rice to do it? Do I trust UTEP? I don't know. I don't know. I, I wonder if that if their DC could be a difference maker because he was a big-time guy at Michigan. That could be a difference maker as a coach, you know? So. Right. I don't know. These teams are very mixed up. I could easily see UTEP third worst, Rice second worst, North Texas worst, but I'm going to stick to this right now, but again, it's it's really close. These, what do you think, Faison? I mean, I just like I said before, I mean, I'm just not surprised. I mean, not not. I'm, I'm just surprised that you don't have the bottom trio a little swapped differently. Um, but, you know, this conference is not this conference, but this, you know, division of this conference is just so well-rounded, so talented up and down that, like, they, it could easily be a lot of different shakeups at a lot of different points within, exactly. you know, this preview. So, I don't know. We just got to see how this plays out, see how Again. things go. I'm excited to watch a little bit of Conference mm-hmm. USA football. I have to admit that that's a conference I haven't paid much, you know, attention to. But, you know, now that we're doing these previews yeah. and these, you know, breakdowns of the conference, I kind of want to see, you know, how right are we? You know, you know, did Alex predict this right? Did this guy do that? And, you know, did yeah. North Texas have, you know, offense matching, you know, Western Kentucky? Like I didn't say in matching. Our I said uh, up there. Okay, okay, all right. So, you know, we'll see if they're up there then, you know, as you said before. Um, definitely super excited to watch. So, yeah, Alex, thanks for, you it's know, fun, bringing man. us this synopsis of, you know, the Western side of Conference USA, everybody. And Let if you haven't already, turn on. Oh, wait, hold on, say it again. 
I was saying, let us know what you think. Do you oh, yeah, think someone's going to come up? Like, who? This is a very interesting conference. I'm very curious to hear what you all have to think. Exactly. And if you haven't already, you know, turn on the notice for our podcast. So whenever we do drop, you guys can, you know, hear that instantaneously. There's no waiting. You can just run up those, you know, listens for us. Um, And, yeah, you know, it was fun. And next time, you know, it'll be my turn to give the synopsis. Alex would be, you know, hosting while I'm doing my breakdown. Uh, Sunbelt, so yeah, tune in for that. Are oh, you doing Sunbelt next? I'm doing Sunbelt, so hey, you know, you did Conference USA, I gotta run up the Sunbelt for the one time. So yeah, you know, guys, tune, ball- in for, tune in to that, you know, next. You can talk about these bowl games, as Alex said. Um, and yeah, it was it was fun, and you know, next time we'll see you guys. Peace. Awesome, thank you, everyone. Bye.